Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. Get you going that little if you bit. Say to anger is a great ah, motivator. Yeah. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. You're welcome back. Well, we got a little bit too cocky down there in Connacht for a while with our supremacy in Gaelic football. Uh, Ulster very much top dogs once again as we look ahead to this weekend with Donegal taking on Tyrone in the preliminary quarterfinals. Monaghan through as well to play Kildare down in Tullamore. Armagh already through to the quarterfinals and you can throw in there as well. Uh, Derry, I should mention as well, also through to the quarterfinals and in the Tatch and Cup semifinals both Down and Antrim are qualified for them. Down playing Leash on Sunday and before that it is Antrim up against Meath. Declan Bogue is with us. Uh, good evening Declan, how are you keeping? Not bad at all Nathan, how are you getting on? Ulster football is back. Did it ever go away? Never went away. How many have we left? We've only that's, a couple that's of the seven. That's seven left. Yeah, yeah that's great isn't it? Uh, <laughs> is it? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if any of them will actually win anything. I, I suppose Down might be seen. Uh, I, I haven't looked at any odds, but they're probably priced up as certainly somewhere around the favourites for the Touching Cup at this point. Um, and in beating Calvin, you'd have to say then they deserve that tag if they have it. Uh, Antrim have been surprisingly uh, competitive and prone to, 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 to unbelievable lapses. I think it was 28 points between themselves and Westmead during the league. And there was uh, other mitigating factors leading into that game that we can't really go into. But uh, it took a real late rally when they played down for down to beat them. And it took like a, one of those last-minute Sean Quigley goals for Fermanagh to beat them. So really, Antrim could have been riding high in Division 3 this year. Uh, down obviously finished third in that division Meath came down so it's um, it's going to be a good a good day's football on Sunday I, I just fear for the general atmosphere around it I'm not so sure whether Croke Park was the right place to have those two games what do you think yourself? No I think the GA are, are stuck though when it comes to the Talchin Cup in that they're under so much pressure to show it respect and to be seen to be showing it respect that there's a sense that Crow Park is the ultimate respect that that old line that every player wants to play in Crow Park and by putting the semi-finals there there's a carrot at the end of the stick for these players and they'll have their day in the sun I'm not sure anybody wants to play in Crow Park in front of 15, 20,000 people um, God knows it, that might just be us as journalists being sort of yeah seen it been there been there a hundred times um, I'm no longer wowed by it but for like, if you look at the present uh, Antrim squad, from Michael Byrne, the goalkeeper, right up to Ryan Murray, how many times have they played football in Crow Park? Yeah, it's very true. It's very true, as you say. Never. When you're sitting in the press say, box thinking I, I, this is easy. I, I, I'd be struggling. Some of them, actually, some of them may have played uh, for the St. Ronan's Lurgan team in the Hogan Cup final. I'm not quite sure. Maybe Adam Lockwood or some of them if they're floating around the panel. Uh, but but literally nobody has played for Antrim in, in Croke Park that's on the panel uh, right now. And that might be, apart from your Kilku contingent, uh, and no, it, it might be the same for the vast majority of down. So like, yep, you've, you've got to, maybe, maybe that's exactly what they want and maybe we're being harsh uh, what sort of job is Conor Laverty doing 
in down we obviously look at the low point of last year and that trip to Dublin under James McCartan and it was all just falling apart he's, he's brought them together very quickly uh, but they didn't get the promotion they're in the Talchin Cup it, like from a low base it's a massive improvement when you look at the talent in down how would you rate his season so far I don't know if it's a massive improvement uh, Nathan and I don't think that they would be seeing it as that either uh, you know, you're talking about them losing games in Division Two as opposed to winning what four games in Division Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was always a sense that what Down needed was a whole load of bolt-ons of Kilku. I'm not so sure that has particularly worked because some of the Kilku players are, are struggling then actually, you know, get onto the team who had been there before, and then some of them are on, and the jury's out whether they're actually they might get away at Touching Cup. What the inclusion of a Touching Cup or Downs inclusion in a Touching Cup gives them is more games going into the summer, a better feel good factor around the panel. But like, uh, there, there are certain things he has done which I think are, are brave and innovative in that he has given players a chance to play for their clubs if they're on the fringes of the mm. senior county setup. But he wouldn't, let's be honest, like, let, let's not kid ourselves. If they were in Sam Maguire and they were going into a preliminary quarter final, Nobody would have played for their clubs. You don't think they, so? Not a chance. Absolutely not. They know it's the Talchin Cup. And, that, uh, you know, I mean, if you put it to them, of course they're going to say, no, no, we would have done that anyway. It's just not... I, I don't agree for a second that if they were in the All-Ireland Championship, they would have been risking someone like a Ryan McAvoy, your, 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 your fallback, like for the last number of years to play for Kilku in the league if you were heading into group games. Like, you know, the, we're talking about French players, like Ryan McAvoy's a French player. Eugene Brannigan has played in the last number of games he was playing for his club. Like, so, no, they, they just wouldn't have. Uh, there has been a bit of structure and a bit of organisation and a little bit of um, pride has come in and, and uh, he has introduced a good, vibrant backroom team, Marty Clark, uh, Mickey Donnelly, um, and it is all sort of sizing up well for them. Jim McGuinness is involved in there. Um, and look, you know, uh, they're certainly building on something, but a county like Down does, you know, it's it's a long-term job. It was never going to be like Donegal were in 2011 when Jim McGuinness came in because four years prior to that, Donegal were the National League champions. And no, nobody wins a National League title I don't know where that just doesn't happen. So down we're in a very very different place. Uh, their success will be measured incrementally over the course of four or five years. So that's the Talchin Cup. Uh, looking at the All Ireland preliminary quarterfinals, then uh, Monaghan up against Kildare at Donegal Tyrone. Uh, fascinating because we will be judging their seasons understandably possibly on this performance uh, where does this come from from Donegal I think everyone had written them off two or three months ago and thought this yeah. campaign is just going to f- fall to nothing relegated from Division 1 uh, you know not going to do anything in Ulster will probably just fall flat and go through the motions in the round robin series but here they are at home yeah and and, and uh, like after they were beaten by down near eight there was a sense that somebody needs just someone needs to take them out of their misery. Uh, someone needs to throw in a towel here and do what's best for Donegal football for the year. Uh, but then I think there's a number of issues around Donegal. Obviously, then Carl uh, Lacey parting ways with the uh, with the football academy 
um, other sort of administration bugbears or mistakes that are being made or like reviews being carried into the running of football in, in Donegal. But really, like, you know, it doesn't, it's not really related. It's, it's, to, it, it's about three different issues there. But neither of those two things are related to the senior football team, of which there is still significant talent. Like, you've still got your Brandon McColes. You've, you, you've still got, like, Hugh McFadden. You've got Owen Ban Gallagher. You know, fair enough, you've lost Ray McHugh, but Paddy McBurdy is back. You've lost uh, Michael Murphy. But, like, you know, you have gained the like of Oshin Gallon has come back. Conor O'Donnell's there. Like, Donegal still is a very good, there's still talent there. And I don't know what has changed. It'd be very interesting uh, for a county that's just completely overrun in the wash of media, mm. but no one has been able to kind of put their finger on it just quite yet. What what has happened? Uh, and sometimes uh, when you speak to players that were part of successful teams, right, and then they say, "I've been told this a couple of times recently by players who have won the ultimate," right, and they said, "Then they buy the books, which their teammates and managers now bring out." And they read that this happened and that happened, and and then we dropped a second man into the right half forward position, and said, "Just that's not at all how it actually happened." Like you know, what happened was we all, you know, at each other at half time and says everyone has to work, you know, immediately increase their work rate by ten percent. Maybe there's just a little bit of that with Donegal. People say, "Right, okay, we have we have messed around long enough here. We're going to start actually being honest with ourselves," and it has taken them maybe to a better place. Well, nothing bad has ever come from writing a book about Donegal football, has it? <laughs> You're still talking about that. Still, still available. Get it on Amazon right now. I'm not sure if it's still yeah. in the bookshops. Uh, I did wonder about Donegal uh, from what you've seen from them as to, you know, we're looking at this game against their own home advantage, the fact they won two of their games. But then you look at the way the fixtures worked out. They played Claire in that first game, uh, albeit went down to Ennis and won that convincingly. And then the way it worked out, all the teams are true. It was something of a dead rubber against Monaghan in some ways in that they'd already qualified and you wonder were both sides fully at it. Were they fully at it? Was there enough in that Donegal performance against Monaghan to suggest actually they could go and, and beat Tyrone, certainly put it up to Tyrone? I, I, I absolutely do because it's just one of those body buffet evenings on Saturday. I don't know what the weather's given out for, like, but I hope it is an absolute scorcher and I hope that the, all the old... Uh, all the old enmity is there between them because they just have such a lack of regard for each other. They have no time for each other. Uh, like whatever's happened in performances, you can talk about with the performances against against Derek Clare and Monaghan. But right now, like it's 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 all in the line against the throne team. That uh, no matter what you want to say about them, uh, they they played last year's championship. They've lost what they've won one game in the last five games in championship. Like they they they, they drew at Westmeath. They it, their their run is diabolical, and I, I can't remember the last time that a, a throne team was so far back in terms of how long it had taken them since the to consecutive defeats and draws in the championship. Like it certainly is unheard of in this current generation, and uh, there's always a sense in throne. Well, it's going to kick in any minute now. It's all going to it's all going to click. I'm not so sure that's that's just the way of it. Uh, it's clicking for Derek Canavan. Yeah, yeah. What, look, what, what's he doing? He just uh, he 
Derek Hanovan's personality is described to me, right? I've never had a conversation with him, but it's described to me that different people around Derek Kieran would be. He is so conscious about being the son of Peter Canavan that he had made it his business an underage and coming through the ranks to be one of the boys, right? He hasn't given any interviews. It's not through lack of asking. People have asked Derek Hanover. He's never been put up for media. He's never done interviews. He just literally wants to be one of the boys. When he was a good bit younger, he used to do things like he would be straight through and goal. He would pass to someone, make it a support and run rather than take the, the shot himself because he was so unselfish and he just wanted to be a part of the collective. Uh, it has been put to him by successive managers that you actually... No, no, this is this is for you now. Like, if you want to get past that man, then you go on ahead and finish that shot yourself. And like, you know, I remember his debut against Derry in the McKenna Cup. I think it was the final uh, in Armagh, and he was eighteen. And like we said, like, well, you know, how exciting is he? And he says, you know, Mickey Hart, who was not a man given to hyperbole, said, "This guy, uh, everybody in the country should be getting excited about." It. You know, it was a bit like the time. Uh, the St. Brendan's manager talked about uh, David Clifford being, he is just better than Morris Fitzgerald. Like, you know, it's time to get excited about this guy. Uh, but I just, it's taken him a couple of years to maybe fill out in his belief and become the the, the, the man then that, that Tyrone looked to. But he's a complete gem. Like his father, it's a speed of thought, Nathan. Uh, talk about nimble on your feet and close control, all those things, like all those qualities he has. But like, you know, uh, if you ever wanted, if people said no, a forward like Peter Canavan couldn't survive in this era, well, there you have it. There's the proof. Like, there's uh, just cut out of him, not not an imposing physique, not a big, big man, no big, huge shoulders, just pure speed of thought, uh, close control, and ability then to hoof the ball over from all angles. I do always like the broadly line of uh, the son of God when he's referring to uh, Derek Canavan and what he can do with Tyrone. Like that's like that's fascinating what you're talking about there and his personality and maybe accepting what he is, accepting what his father did and thinking, you know what, I can go and be the superstar and accept the comparisons and rather than almost being that unselfish player who if I scored a goal here, if I scored 2-6 today, the first thing that's going to be spoken about is it's just like his dad, he's going to achieve what his dad's like, that almost running away from that for a while but now maybe getting to a stage of maturity at what is he, 22, 23 going, it's fine. Yeah, plus too, like he had a couple of injuries like people do they wouldn't really be maybe aware of that and muscular injuries at that age when you're being asked to play for a lot of different teams and then a bit of a run with Ergel Kieran and winning the Tyrone Championship and being recognised well this is like Ergel Kieran were a club that were always annually tipped to win the Tron Championship but they they contrived to lose like their first round or early round games in some catastrophic ways so like you know winning championship games with your club and winning the county title that can do wonders for a player too like all these were different factors that sometimes you know you have to just maybe have that insider knowledge to know a wee bit more about it to see well there's, there's a few jigsaw pieces that are slotting in here to make this you know I feel like we've had this Tyrone conversation 10 times since they won the All-Ireland around the flatness yeah. and missing links and the players that left the panel and guys who didn't fully realise that their impact they, they're stuttering along you look at the performance against their man think well maybe there was something there but like they should be out of this championship like you know I think we all expected John Heslin to go uh, and do what John Heslin generally does 
like is it raging against the dying of the light that gets them through on on Saturday night or is this actually an opportunity for them to kickstart their season that if they were to go to Bally Buffet and win that there's still enough talent there's still enough muscle memory from winning all Ireland that they can go on a run I don't know because the confidence is, is in their boots um, they, like they still have one of the best goalkeepers in the game right now Morgan is, is one of the finest goalkeepers they've got a full back line which you could pick it yourself any day of the week like it's McKernan uh, McNamee Hamsey a brilliant full back and then you know Kennedy and Kilpatrick in midfield like the, you know Kennedy has shown himself like to be top class Kilpatrick is a brilliant footballer too um, you know Nobody would doubt the talent of Peter Hart or Conor Myler or a, a, a lot of these boys, but something about it, the, the overall mix, like, and it just sort of, they dip, they dip for 20-minute periods or substitutions haven't exactly worked out for them. Like, you know, there are a couple of big games this year where they've taken off big names and they've put on a lot of youngsters towards the end of games and all of a sudden then there's a complete collapse. Like, you know, the if they take off a Matty Donnelly, like I, I, I'd so seen a stat recently about the amount of games they've actually won without Matty Donnelly. I don't think they've won a game in a long time without Matty Donnelly playing a full 70 minutes. That was the stat. I, I can't remember the exact one, but it'd be worth examining. Uh, they need his leadership still. Um, and after that, right, you look at 2021, Cal McShane, who is coming on and scoring goals. Cal McShane, is nowhere near the team. Nowhere near the team. Why? And well, anytime you're ever asked, you're told he's injured, he's coming back, but nobody, you know, there's no, there's no define, nobody has defined this injury. Uh, Kieran McGeary was the player of the year two years ago, and he's not making the starting team, you know, for the Again, most part. Why? <laughs> I, I, there's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's just, there's he is he is just his performance has dropped off. He went to it was him that hesitated getting the ball from Niall McNamee or Niall or Niall Morgan sorry against Armagh that near that caused Oshin Connolly to get the foot in. It was almost that late goal in round two of the the round robin game, and uh, just the fall off in the lack of performances from Niall Slodden, that middle eight players, that inventive wee zippy players that they had, it's gone. Tiernan McCann added enormous uh, energy in 21, retired Mark Bradley. You know, like we, we, this is nothing new for us to be talking about and I felt that we've talked about this before. But when you lose all those boys, it's not what you get. It's what you get at training. Uh, it's the level of performance of training, pushing everybody to the heights in training, which then makes the games feel easier. But like also, like Conor McKenna was, people thought because he was kind of streaky or he wasn't making 15 plays a half, right? He would be very, very quiet for 20 minutes. And the next thing then, he might get two or three possessions row and, and a goal might come of one of them and maybe a point off the other. But he was amazingly effective. Like, and he would he would have a turn of pace then to frighten the life out of other teams. He's gone, so they're just nowhere near. They're, like, you can talk about Throne Twenty One, but the Throne of Twenty Three is just it's not that team anymore. And plus two, 
they've got into a bad habit of losing games, just not winning games, like especially in championships. Just an unhealthy scenario for them to be in. Uh, so that's 7 o'clock on Saturday evening in Bally Buffet. Uh, Monaghan are taking on Kildare. That one going to take place in Tullamore. That's a 4.45 start for that. Mm. Feel whoever wins this will probably be able to reflect on the year as an okay season if they get to an All-Ireland quarterfinal. But Monaghan, like defensively, Vinnie Corey seemed very concerned after that performance at the weekend that uh, for entering the latter stages of the championship, they're pretty porous. There's a little bit of toughness lacking there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just a wee bit inconsistent, aren't they? Because like, you know, they had their performance and, and, and a sort of a no-show against their in the Ulster Championship and then went up to round one in the group stages and drew with them. Uh, like they needed uh, Carl O'Connell to pull them out with that last last play of the game. But like they had Derry sized up, like, you know, they they didn't do, they, they had an awful lot of veterans on the first day in the championship and then they left all the veterans on the bench or else only introduced them for the last lock of minutes. Uh, that Shane Carey, Mark and Brendan Rogers, they just did, they did, did it far more clever. And Vinny and his brother Martin have a great way of thinking their, their way around games. Um, themselves and Kildare, a lot of, there's there's certain similarities like Kildare have shown against Dublin that, you know, they can come up to a certain standard. And then yet at the same time, they can be prone to, to big flops. Uh, and their league form was odd. Like they were very poor in Newbridge against Derry. Um, so no one kind of knows where either of these two teams are at. Um, they're a complete real. They're they're a complete mystery at the moment. Like you know, uh, you'd probably fancy Monaghan. They don't. The one thing about them with, with Donegal is, and this is the thing with Monaghan teams is, uh, they really, really, they 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 absolutely need the underdogs tag to perform. And like when there's any expectation or any sense that they're a little bit comfortable and they should do the business, that's when they they're they're at their worst then. Is there expectation this weekend? I would think so, given that Monaghan are stalwarts of Division 1 and Kildare aren't really mm. permanent residents. Uh, they, they do tend to be involved in, in, in the business and go further in the championship than Kildare. So for that reason, I would, I would imagine they are. So I, I gave uh, I gave Ulster football the big one beforehand. The way you're talking, and you know we haven't mentioned our man there, and we can chat about them when the quarterfinal draw is made, is that maybe Ulster football doesn't have one of the top four teams in the country, but might have five, six, and seven? Yeah, it's quite possible, but I will say this one thing, like uh, Nathan, and that is like in any All-Ireland Championship, right? Your champions emerge, and by and large, they're undefeated, right? They're, they have a flawless record. Like, yes, there has been many, even from the first time those qualifiers introduced, teams that were knocked out in their in province went on to win the All-Ireland and so on it went and there's been a lot of that but by and large you can look at the champions on the third Sunday of September whenever it was standing up there lifting Sam McGuire and say they are perfect mm. they're absolutely like, and then that one defeat easily excused away oh all they needed to do they needed that it gave them the kick up the ass so they could show what they're actually about right now what you've got is a series of games and it's like Galway 
and Mayo were looking they were looking pretty good this time last week. But what's happened is both of them have been grabbed and they've been just dragged through a, a hedge backwards. Like and every team has to some extent in this championship. You know, Dublin of course are the, the they're probably looking the feeling the best about themselves. But Kerry were given a scutcheon, you know, by, by Mayo. And and a lot of teams have been given that. They've been given their they're real going over at some point. So whoever comes... Except Derry. Not Derry, not Dublin to an extent. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, not so sure Derry can actually do it in the end. Uh, but by and large, if it's not Dublin that win the All-Iron this year, then the team that comes through it will have had black eyes and busted lips. And you'd have said, you know what, that was a brilliant championship because they were really, really tested. Not just the one-off, like, oh, that's a slip and we, we just got back on the horse. I actually think this format's great. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, uh, Before we let you go, what's a scutcheon? Scutcheon, Mill. It's, it's the new flax. Um, you, 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 you've been out of Mayo a long time. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I have literally no idea. Uh, Declan, great stuff as always. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. All the best. Uh, all our GA, uh, all our Gaelic football coverage uh, is with thanks to uh, AIB um, and uh, their proud sponsors of GA Senior Football Championship. You can check out hashtag the toughest for more. Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.